Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the FBB podcast. And uh, today I'm very excited. I've got a, a very, the most, you know, the most special guest I think I've had on the show so far. I don't have many guests on the show, by the way, because I think most people out there are just full of shit. Um, and I usually end up talking uh, myself. I've had a little handful of guests of guys I genuinely, genuinely trust, uh, who I would trust with my own money, with my own business advice uh, and take advice from. And one of those guys is right here today. It's Big Chris McCombs, uh, who helps six, seven, eight, and even nine figure a year entrepreneurs uh, who are the face of their business. So entrepreneurs who are the face of the business, they're the brand, and who want to build a cult of devout clients who buy again and again and again and, and, and master positive persuasion and influence. So uh, welcome, Chris. Great to have you here. Hey man, and thank you. That, that that warmed my heart the way you introduced me about one of you know one of the few people that you trust to have on here. That thank you, man. That really that that well, that's, I mean, it's an honor, man. Well, it, it you know it really is a bit of a big deal because for anyone who who doesn't know this yet, uh, Chris is is the that it, this interview it actually just blows my mind because <laughs> you know it was it was uh, you know six maybe six seven years ago. I was longer, bro. 2000. Well, a long ass time ago. 2011, 2012. Yeah. Life, lifetime ago, it seems. And I was, I was the fit pro struggling to make ends meet, couldn't get anything going. And, um, I went on Google, started researching, you know, how do I get clients? How do I market my, my fitness bootcamp? And I came across, uh, Chris McCombs' blog, um, kickback life at the time. And, and just started, this was my first exposure. This was me coming out of the matrix, taking the red pill and just seeing all this information of how you get clients, how you be, you know, give super good value, how you make sales in a, in a, in a like a really awesome kind of way and, and show value first and build your influence and authority. And, and, and I just, I just spent a few days. I remember in a coffee shop, I, I couldn't afford internet at my home. So I was using coffee shops and I was just downloading into my brain all this stuff for free on the blog um and you just you just put up so much free content i went out there implemented it and literally you know it sounds cliche but like 90 days later because i counted it uh i was well on the way to a legit low six figure income um as as a as a boot camp instructor fresh out the gate um, and, and, you know, this was, and this was just from free content on the blog. I'd never actually spoken to you at this point. And I was picking up 30, 40 clients paying me, uh, in, in, in Cyprus, which for those who don't know, this is a tiny Island, Eastern part of Europe in a place where everyone told me you can't charge 99 bucks a month. And this is, you know, nine years ago, um, boot camps this was still a new concept in the uk and, and where we are is literally five years behind the uk so probably 20 years behind america everyone said no one's going to pay recurring direct debits no one's going to pay that much money no one's going to do group training and you know before long i had a waiting list i couldn't even keep up and so um that's where i got my start from i went back to your blog i posted on a comment on a blog just just giving a little testimonial like this just saying look man this has really helped me it's amazing and and then um uh, veronica reached out and said look you know um 
Chris loves your testimonial. He'd love to offer you like any of his digital products. I don't know if you remember or know about this, but vaguely, yeah, vaguely. Uh, I had the email and, and I'd wanted your um, fitness uh, blogging profits for a long time. And I think I said, oh, can I just take fitness blogging profits would be amazing. Like, thank you so much. And, and then the email came back saying, you know what, um, Chris said, I just have everything. So <laughs> about 10K worth of digital info products and using law of reciprocity, as we're going to talk about, I guess, today, yeah. I just went straight to like mastermind page, you know, $700, $1,000 deposit, whatever it is, pay, book me, get me to California. I'm going, I just knew, I'm going all the way with this guy because his stuff works and he genuinely gives a shit and cares about people. And that, that level of customer service blew my mind, changed my, my, my business financial life, and it also taught me one of the biggest lessons about that's how you treat people if you want to grow a successful business. We could probably wrap up the interview right there. Like, <laughs> that's done. But, <laughs> but I don't know if you know the, the, whole, the whole part of that story, but that's how I ended up um, then in California. All the money I had went on the plane tickets. I didn't have a hotel room. On the way over the flight, I didn't have a hotel room booked. I, didn't have, I was waiting for money to come into my account, hoping, it would, hoping the money would land in my account by the time I touched down. Uh, yeah. And in the end, I picked up a Motel 6 just down from the Hilton somewhere and then walked about 40 minutes to the venue. Um, I, but I was like, you know what? I'll sleep on the fucking beach. I don't care. I've got to get in the room and get access to this guy. And, um, and here we are now. The rest is history. I took even more from you, got more mentoring. Uh, now I'm running multiple fitness facilities. I've, you know, helped to do coaching business programs, uh, for the fit pros, but that is the one, that is the one thing that triggered it all and, and got me here today. So that's just a big thank you. And to, to show the audience, that's, that's my, my mind blows now why you're on my podcast now. <laughs> uh, did you set this up in your mind like seven years ago? I'm going to make this guy pretty successful and so he builds his own podcast. Then he'll come in and no, seven years. Not, and not even to jump ahead because I'd love to talk about that mastermind for a moment that you came out to. But um, it's kind of funny when my wife started her uh, fitness business recently, you were the first guy. I go, okay, I've been out of the in this industry, the fitness industry, for you know X number of years now. Um, let's get up to date with what's working right now, especially in terms of Facebook advertising and all that. And you were the first one that I reached out to, um, and and uh, my wife works with you, and that was great, man. But I thought that was kind of funny. Here I am reaching back out to you for the same thing that I was uh, helping you with, man. And you were one of those guys. There's certain people who I'd worked with over the years. Uh, you, AJ Mirzad, Sam Backyard, Travis Jones, who we would do uh, like phone calls and stuff. And you guys just had question after question after question after question. Like you could tell, holy shit, this guy's going to be a huge success because look, look at all these questions he's asked. This guy's thirsty for knowledge and he's taking action. On the next phone call, it's like, all right, I did those 32 things. What's next? Um, and now look at, you know, look at AJ. He's, he's making millions with this. He's an online super coach, coaching coaches. You've got your empire going. Sam's over 100 locations, you know, doing, doing nine figures a year. Travis Jones, I don't know, 20 locations or something. He's doing a strong eight figures a year. Uh, there were certain people like you. Alicia was another one. Uh, Alicia Strigger. Look at how successful she is. Fit Pro Essentials. There are all these these people. So it's 
there are a lot of people who didn't succeed, who hired me and they didn't succeed because I couldn't make them do shit, right? I couldn't make them. I couldn't hold a gun to their hands. Like, you got to do this. I, could, I taught you the same stuff I taught them. They didn't do anything with it, right? But the people, you know, you break down that 20% of the 10 or 20% of the population who just takes massive action on things and all you guys across the board, and, and look at the people that we had in that room, man. It was it was Luca Hosvarn, Steve Krebs, Jay Ferruja, Paul Mort, Sam Bakhtiar, you, Travis Jones flew in from Australia. He he got a tattoo. He got a tattoo on his back. I had a contest where where one person would win, right? And it was a, it was a I think it was a ten thousand dollar a year program. So if you paid a thousand and you were on some kind of payment plan. 12 payments of a thousand probably. I think it was, it was 12,000 if you did payments or 10,000 up front. And this was before Travis Jones was huge like he is. And he wanted to get to this meeting. I had a little contest where people could do stuff with my like website, hold up signs or stuff like that. And he fucking tattooed my website's name on his back and he won, he won that free spot and he fucking flew out and this like flew right back. Like he, I don't even think he had a room. I don't know if he slept or anything. He just came in, came out and then went right fucking back to Australia um, and implemented like crazy. And you guys who implemented like crazy, you know, Alicia was in the room that time with, with, with Carrie, big Scott Lofquist, you know, one of the few people who's taller than me. Um, there was, I feel like I'm leaving so many, Matt Trainer. Was in the room, the internet marketer, Matt Trainer. Yeah. And look at how almost everyone in that room is, is so successful because you guys were thirsty for knowledge, right? Like, it wasn't me. I mean, I was part of it, and, and I was able to point the way on some stuff and connect you guys with other people who were able to point the way on some stuff. But it's crazy. All you guys who took action, look at you today. Many of you guys enjoy the business side of stuff as more as much as the fitness is not more. And now you're teaching business stuff and it's just, Oh man, it's so awesome. Yeah. That all, it all, it all, it all came from you, you know, and, uh, and, all, and then Sam helping out in the mastermind as well. I did a lot of work with, with Sam too, who was really helpful, you know, with the, 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 the gym business structure side of thing. And when, when he had, you know, he's got locations, I think coming up on Mars soon, he's got so many. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's amazing how it all, how it all works out. And, and so what are you doing? So, you know, what are you doing right now? Who are you back in the game for right now? And, and kind of what's been happening the last couple of years from, from back then oh, to okay. where we are now? Yeah. So I actually, um, I did that guru thing. So I started a personal train. I'll just kind of give the whole quick version of the backstory and to tell you how I'm at now. And it's, there's, there's some good lessons in it to learn. Um, I used to be homeless, drug addict, in and out of jail. This is the 90s. I got sobered age, uh, in year 2000. And I built, um, well, I started a job. I hated it. I remember I worked at a print shop. I used to work, look around this fucking print shop and know that I'm the most miserable person here. That all these guys hate this job like I do. They all hate it. But I'm the only person like my soul burns, man. Like I can't, I'm getting up and doing some shit that I have no passion for. And it, it's, and then I'm making someone else rich and I just, it was so backwards. So I got really into fitness at the time. I'd lost a lot of weight. Um, and I go, I'm gonna be a personal trainer. That's what I want to do. I want to help people, uh, get in shape. I started with a job at 24 hour fitness. Okay. 
I, I, within three weeks, I had the worst numbers there by far. I couldn't sell shit. The one client I got was because they felt bad for me. So they gave, they gave her to me. Um, I, I, I couldn't stand the job. I was heartbroken. I, this is a sales job. I, I, I'm an introvert, right? Like I don't enjoy sales. Uh, so I figured I better do this on my own. I went off on my own and through law of reciprocity, one of Robert Cialdini's six weapons of influence, just one law, that same law of reciprocity that got you, that when Veronica gave you all those, you know, all that whole big stockpile of my info products at the time, um, I took on a bunch of people. This doesn't, this plan doesn't work great in all areas, by the way. I learned it doesn't work very good where I live now for certain reasons. And I can, I can get into those reasons. But I took on like 35 people who I would train for free. I went out for 45 days, close to two months, over a month and a half. Every day I talked to a minimum of 10 people a day about, about um, I would train them for free and they could pay me with referrals. I did that a minimum 10 people a day, seven days a week. I was not going to talk to less than 10 people a day. So at the end of a month and a half, it was over 500 people I talked to. It was probably closer to 600. But I had 35 of these free people. Okay, that I was training. Now, tons of flakes. Boat, you know, when you take people on for free, like, holy shit, the flakes, man, um, used to drive me nuts. But there were a certain amount of those people, like 20% of them were connectors. And they would connect me with like three to 10 people each who paid for training. So all within months, I had this six-figure training business. And I'd only made six figures selling weed. It was, and this is when it was illegal where I live. It's legal now. But I used to sell cannabis in the 90s, and I, I did time for it and everything. Um, I did really well with that. But in, in a business, a legal business, I'd never made that much money. I was blown away by it. And I got the, right then, at the time, there were a few people teaching how to get clients. It was Ryan Lee, Jim Labady, Eric Ruth, um, Pat Rigsby was about to just kind of start getting into teaching it. Um, Phil, uh, what's the guy's name with the blonde hair? The, the old, uh, the guru, you know what I'm talking about? He's a, uh, Phil, Phil Kaplan, Phil Kaplan. Yeah. So these guys were teaching how to get clients and I went, I bought all their courses and I got into marketing. Um, I had a website that I optimized for Google, much different back then because today it's the ads come up top and Google local listings come up top and then they have you got Yelp and bark and all this shit. But back then, no one knew a thing of, uh, about the search engines, really. And I optimized. I lived in Orange County. In Orange County, there's all these cities. You have Irvine, Costa Mesa, Tustin, Santa Ana, Newport Beach. There's, I don't know, there's probably a couple dozen cities there. Um, I optimized this website. So I got this website and I optimized it for any term anyone would search had anything to do with fitness or personal training or boot camp or anything in Orange County. So if you typed in Irvine gym, Irvine boot camp, Irvine personal trainer, Irvine fit, and my shit came to the top. Now, no one knew a thing about direct response in the industry at the time, right? And I was learning from, I found out who's Ryan Lee and Jim LeBaity learning from and Eric Ruth, well, it's this guy called Dan Kennedy. So I'm studying this Dan Kennedy shit like crazy. And I have this website that comes up to the top of Google now for any term anyone would search in Orange County has to do with fitness. And I put solid direct response copy on the pages. And I did lots of storytelling about my own hero's journey. And I gathered a ton of proof before and after pictures. Back then, before and after pictures were big for supplements. They were big if, you know, in the EAS 
challenge. Uh, personal trainers didn't use before and after pictures, but I used, I used a ton of them. So my site came to the top of Google. Someone searched Orange County personal trainer. There's my site at the top. And it's funny, even if you were to type like Orange County gym, my thing would come up about why you don't just want to go to a gym in Orange County. You want to hire personal trainers. So Orange County gym would come up. Don't just go to a gym. Watch out. You're going to get staph infection and this and that. <laughs> um, and it all would talk them into pages. I remember that, all those backlink pages and articles. Tons. Um, and it came to the top. And uh, when people would land there, here's this, here's my backstory with all this great direct response copy, all this proof, strong call to action. And that business exploded pretty soon. I was able to hire 15 personal trainers to do all the work for me. I didn't have to train at all. I trained my, my rates were pretty high. It averaged, it averaged 44 per person per workout for groups of six. And that was an auto debit. So most of my, my rates were 39 to, to 59 a workout, but almost everybody paid either 49 or 39. It was kind of split down the middle. So it averaged out of 44 per person per workout for groups of six people. And I positioned it not as boot camp or anything, but as personal training, semi-private personal training. And I ended up with 15 trainers doing all the work for me. And I, I lo so love the business stuff that I go, hey, I want to teach this shit. I want to do what like what Ryan Lee's doing and Jim Labady and Eric, Eric Ruth and Phil Kaplan. I want to teach this stuff. So I got into the guru thing, I call it. Um, you know, where you, you're an expert or a coach, whatever you want to call consultant, where you come put out your own information products. And I put out all these info products and this was started in 2008, started with a blog, just like you landed on that blog. Um, Sam, I remember one of the first people to get a hold of me was Sam. That, uh, and he wanted me to coach him. He's like, I love your, your stuff on your blog. Um, can, can I hire you for a coach? And I quoted him, yeah, it would be this much a month. And he's like, let's do it every week. I'll pay you four times that much. Let's talk every week. And he was just like you. We'd get on the phone. You have a million questions. And then he'd say, all right, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. I'll have all this shit done. And next Tuesday will come around and I get on the phone with him and he had all that shit done. Now he was already doing seven figures at the time. I actually nicknamed him seven figure Sam. Now he's technically nine figure Sam, but I nicknamed him seven figure Sam. Um, and the name kind of stuck, right? Uh, so... I had all these people finding my free blog and wanting to hire me. So I was doing well with uh, coaching. And then I wanted to launch my first info product it was called Market Annihilator. And it was basically about my system of how I got clients from the internet. Okay. Um, I launched it, I believe it was the week before Thanksgiving 2008. And it did $304,000 in billable sales in eight days. So I, I basically studied Frank Kern's, um, his mass control launch strategy and i launched that course i got all the big people to promote it at the time it was the first time all the gurus had come together and promoted one person they all promoted it it did great over the course of the next few years i launched about 20 programs some of it was basically web development services for trainers other others was a lot of info products coaching programs and stuff too but a lot of info products that all sended people into my coaching programs and I started getting a, it's really, when you're in the guru business, it's really easy for the shit to go to your head. Like it's really easy. You got people all the time, you know, that people are paying you $10,000 or whatever it is they pay you for a day of consulting. You create these crazy fees. 
people start sending gifts, right? They learn that you're in the motocross, so they send you motocross boots or whatever it is. And all these people are like lining up to buy your products and they're sending you messages about how awesome your content is. And I wasn't like emotionally very, I was kind of emotionally like a little kid, right? And I let it go to my ego. There was that thing inside me that never felt like I was enough because even though my, my dad loved me and he did his best, I never felt like I was enough for him, right? My, now, my little, brother was, my little brother was straight A student, head of the academic decathlon team that came in first in the state, prom king, valedictorian, most likely to succeed. He was executive uh, vice president of business admin at Yahoo. So he's one of the top five or 10 guys at Yahoo. He had... At Facebook, he was one of one of the top 11 people. He was head of business operations, so he basically ran. He would make the budgets and present them to, to Zuckerberg for the marketing. He worked with Zuckerberg every day. It's my little brother. I never felt I could compete, so I was like, as a kid, I got into Slayer and fucking grew my hair long and drank beer and smoked weed and broke shit, right? And that's how I got attention. So growing up, I never felt like I was enough for my dad, okay? not putting him down here. I love him. He did his best. We have a great relationship, but he didn't know how to deal with a little hellion like me. Right? So here I am 32, 30. Well, in 2012, I would have been about 40 years old. Anyway, about 40 years old and I built multiple successful businesses and it went to my head. Now in my mind, there's this war going on. It's like, you're the shit. You're the man also, but also like you're a piece of shit. You know, everyone's going to find out you don't know shit. Hardcore imposter syndrome, right? Which many of us entrepreneurs uh, face. And I had a giant house, sports cars, Harleys. I was ripped. I did some, some, some anabolics and I was buff and ripped. And uh, one of the things I took with Trend, because Trend has, Trend, which any bodybuilder is going to know what I'm talking about by Trend. It's a strong anabolic it has some naughty side effects um and one is that you're horny but can take a long time to wrap that journey up right you're enjoying it but damn it it's gonna be a few hours right <laughs> so i took something it's a dopamine agonist called prammy prammy pexel i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right but if you look up dopamine agonist prammy pexoli um it was for people with alzheimer's and it's a dopamine agonist and it basically helps you finish that journey a lot earlier, right? So you're not there for, for an hour, you know, it just helps you wrap it up. Um, and it worked, it worked great. But it has these weird side effects. So where like you want to live on the edge, you need to feel danger, like you're risking it all, all the time. It's why people, it's, it's in the literature for it. People go like, anyone with gambling problems or anything like needs to stay away from it because people will go gamble their whole life savings away. There's a similar drug that's something basically pretty much the same, just like a different name um, that a guy, I think it was in France, won a huge lawsuit over because there was this family man. He was doing a great family man. He starts taking this shit for whatever reason, legitimate. And pretty soon he's out paying guys to come like, He's paying dudes on Craigslist to come do some real weird shit to him. And he's gambling all the life savings away. And he won the court case that the drug made him do this stuff. Um, the drug made me do so. I wouldn't pay enough dudes off Craigslist to do nothing weird. But 
if you take a midlife crisis and you add a like 15 different kind of anabolics all at once, I'm OCD when I do something, I do it. So what are the pro bodybuilders doing? I want to do all that. So I did all that. And you take that, that uh, the prammy, the dopamine agonist, and it got interesting in my head, right? Like I really like, I started doing some weird, my postings have always been a little weird. My blog posts and stuff, a little different than what you normally find. They got real weird for a while there. And uh, I just kind of crashed. I was not happy. I, for some reason, I thought that if I made millions of dollars, I would be happy, right? That would fill some hole. Well, it didn't. And here we are in 2011, and I'm more miserable than I was when I was homeless. I'm more miserable than I was when I... Um, was incarcerated in the hole, like administrative segregation where you're locked down 24 hours a day. Like I got let out to take a shower for 15 minutes, once every 72 hours. So about, out of every 72 hours, I was locked down 71 hours and 45 minutes. Okay. In administrative segregation is called. That's where I fuck. That's where I lived when I was incarcerated. Um, because I, I backhanded a dude. It's a long story, but I was more miserable with this mansion, you know, I was like, I'm real tall. Um, I'm six, six. And I was like about 270 ripped at the time, right? 270 with, with an eight pack basically and veins everywhere. I used to think most four year old dudes would want to be me. They'd look at my life and go, look at that big house. Look at that car, that motorcycle. Look at those abs, look at those muscles. Look, look at this life. But inside I was so fucking miserable. Like, so miserable because the money and the recognition kind of like the internet fame, I guess you, the guru fame, you know, not, not Kardashian fame, but fame where you, a lot of people on the internet know who the hell you are and they're paying you money to be, to, you know, to work with you and buy your products. Um, and I was miserable and uh, I relapsed after about a decade of sobriety and I just went to a real dark place for a while. And I, and I did a lot of soul search and I checked into my wife, Veronica, my now wife, Veronica helped me get into a detox and my dad helped me get into that detox. Um, and I got, I got sober. This was June of 2012. I got sober after, after about a year and a half of a, uh, of a relapse. And I needed to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. So are you frozen or are you sitting there looking at something? I can't tell if you're frozen, bro. Are you frozen? Well, you look frozen. Yeah, you are frozen, bro. Anyway, I didn't know if you were just busting a weird move there. Um, can you hear me? Oh, hey, man. You there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You got fro. You like froze. I couldn't tell if you were doing it or it was a video. Is it recording? Uh, yeah, it's back on. I can just edit that. I must have lost connection on my side, I think. Okay, perfect. Well, I, I got you, you mentioned about going to the detox, and then you said about your dad, and then it, and then it, it just Yeah, so the, the detox, my, my dad helped me get my dad as like three decades sober. Um. So I got sober and I started a blog and I started like this blog was to help. It was a free blog. It was chrismacombs.net. It was different from the kickback life one, which is the one for fitness trainers. 
And I started just like, I had to work through some stuff. And I've always loved writing is one of my strong points. So I started writing about my journey and just some things I wanted to learn. And, and I figured if it helps a few people along the way, great. Well, the blog took off. Like a lot of the posts were shared thousands and thousands of time on social media. Uh, many were shared. One of them was shared 35,000 times. And people started like want to reach out. People started reaching out to me. Like I had celebrities reach out to me and say, I love this. I love your blog. I had a number of big gurus and different people reach out to me. And, and um, like a few companies want to make a reality TV show based on it. And I'm glad I didn't do it. Like I didn't want to, but I did go to Hollywood just to kind of feel it out. But I'm glad I would have, it, it wouldn't have worked. Um, I'm a better writer than I am a talker. So it just, you know, uh, but anyhow, the blog took off and I picked up some writing clients unintentionally. The blog was not to make any money at first. But I picked up some writing clients to they would I had a few people contact me and say, the kind of stuff you're writing there, do it for me in my voice. And it worked out really well. I got some really big, you know, six uh, clients paying me six figures to write their stuff. Um, one damn near seven figures, multiple, multiple pay me six figures as clients to write their stuff. And it allowed me to, it was just what I needed. I, I wanted to step out of the light for a while. I was kind of embarrassed by like who I'd become. Um, I told you I did some weird things, uh, weird blog posts, and I just wanted to step back and I just wanted to work behind the scenes for a while. So I did that. I worked behind the scenes. I helped basically helped gurus build their cult. Um, uh, not all, well, not all information marketing gurus, but gurus from different industries and entrepreneurs who are the face of their business. I help them build their cult of people who love them and want to give them money and see them as the answer to whatever problem it is. If it's a fitness guy, they see this guru as the solution to get the, the six pack and the muscles and all that. If it's make money, they see this guru as the one who's going to help them make the money uh, and live that life, right? And I don't use the word guru negatively. I know it's thrown around by a lot of people who say, um, and I hope you don't do this. If you do this, you can edit this out, bro. Uh, <laughs> you see a lot of people say, oh, the gurus say this. It's almost always people who want to be gurus who say that, right? Like they want to be a guru. So they'll say the gurus teach this and, you know, um, and they, they like put down gurus when that's what they want to be. And they're just doing it by putting down the gurus. That's fine. Um, but what I mean is you have a cult of, of clients who give you money over and over and over and love being associated with you, love your products, love buying your shit, love reading your stuff. So I started doing it for a number of people. And then um, one of my clients, he started, his business was doing 30 million a year when he hired me. And now he's doing over a hundred million a year. That's in the cannabis space. Now that he didn't, that's just not because of me. He, he does credit with me a lot of that success, but it's, it's him. He was working his ass off, right? He's a very smart man and works his ass off and has built that company seven days a week, working probably 17 hours a day on his business for years and years and years. But um, I helped make him the guru in his, his space. I was, and it's pretty, he's got almost 3 million Instagram followers now. And the business does over a hundred million a year with clients in 104 countries. Um, and I worked with other, other big gurus to help make them big gurus. And because uh, the great thing about it is the, the hardest thing is getting a customer or client, that initial customer or client. 
but there are certain things you can do to keep that customer client for a long time and to get them to evangelize for you and ascend to your highest level programs. And um, that could take the lifetime value of a customer and multiply it many, many, many times over. Since you're going to get a customer client, why not keep them for a long ass time? Why not get them to ascend to your highest level stuff? Why not get them to generate referrals for you, which is, which you don't have to pay advertising for to get those clients. Um, so that's what I've done. And now I, I, I didn't do my own brand for a while. I was just working on other people's stuff, but lately I've come back out and have been building my own brand again, uh, doing this stuff. So I really enjoy it. And you're, you're, a, you know, you're a perfect example of someone who does a lot of this stuff naturally, right? You, you've built, you're building this cult of people who love you and who you're helping to get, you know, to the, to the promised land, which for them, it's the ideal fitness business or, you know, boot camp or whatever it is, coaching business. And you help take them from point A to, to point Z. And, um, you know, they, the five or $10,000, whatever it is they pay you, right. Is a small investment in terms of what they, they make. I mean, it could be literally like 1% or less of, of what they make by paying you to do that. So, I mean, you yeah. say, you said it all comes naturally, but you know, it really was um, down to a lot of the stuff I learned from you again. And some of the books you put me on to and, um, you make it look natural. The, the, the Cialdini Six Weapons, which I'll, I want to touch on in a minute. Yeah. But I wanted, I wanted to say here as well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so monumental that you're, you're back right now. Because I think, you know, now is a very different time to mm. that start of the decade, I think, where this was kind of like more emerging. And I think I would love to get your perspective on it because I, I, I feel like now we need what you're talking about more than ever because, because on one side for the, for the consumer, there are so many, you know, let's say gurus or people wanting to be gurus or wanting to be the authority or, or however you want to put it. They want to be seen like that. And, you know, a lot of people don't have any expertise to back it up. They're just blindly copying what they've seen other people do. And there's this whole kind of like fake expert explosion that's happened over the last few years. Um, you know, a, a lot of pretend, especially on, on in Instagram and things like that, you know, a lot like the influencers who uh, with no substance by what they say, and a, lot, a lot of them are vanishing now. Um, so you've got that. Oh, good. Good. Where, you know, you got like consumers don't know who to trust. So many of them are being exposed yeah. right now, you know, that they're not making the money they say they're making or they're not really as successful as they made it all up. Um, and then on the other hand, you've got some of the actual practitioners and, and coaches, experts, service providers who, who do have good stuff, do have good stuff to share. Um, but they don't have these skills to be able to, you know, focus that message and clarify it as well. So I think you've got these two things happening where a lot of genuine good coaches who deserve their attention are struggling. And a lot of the consumers and prospects don't know who to trust and are becoming skeptical because so many people are, you know, pretending to be something that they're not. So um, I, I think you coming back in the industry right now is, is you know, going to definitely help align some of that stuff. But do you have anything to comment on about the state of the industry? Uh, yeah, the, both the coaching industry and the, um, and the, uh, 
the fitness training industry for sure. I'm so I've probably seen in the last three to six months, 50 new gurus on Facebook advertising, advertising, um, how to get, how to get clients. And most of them teach the same thing. They're kind of a one trick pony. And when that trick stops working, they're going to be hurting. And the trick is it's the same thing. And it does work. It's, it's, it's a legit way to get clients. I have friends and clients who are very wealthy off of this way to get clients. You probably do it as well. It works great. Um, I've done some of it when my wife had her business. Uh, and it, it works well, but for a lot of them. So you teach a lot of different ways. I see you post on it, bro. You teach all of these kinds of different organic ways, online, offline. You're teaching a lot. Most of these guys have one trick and it is Facebook ad to strategy call to, you know, high ticket client. If it's not Facebook ad to strategy call, it's Facebook ad to strategy session at a gym and then closing them on a, on a boot camp. But that's the one trick right? That so many of them are teaching. Now there are ones like you who, who are teaching a lot more than that because you understand that they're just spokes on the wheel. And if that spoke pops, right. And that's the only spoke you have is you can't just have one, one spoke. Um, you can't just have one. If you just rely on one method to get all your clients, if that method stops working. So if Facebook keeps getting more competitive like it has been in the ad prices. We all know the state right now where a few years ago, a lot of gym owners became seven figure gym owners in a relatively short amount of time by doing Facebook ad to, to transformation challenges. Right. And it, and it works. It stopped working. It doesn't work nearly as well in a lot of areas. It still does for some people who have every aspect dialed in. Right, so the average customer acquisition value has gone up a lot in the past in the past few years. You know, for a lot of people, it was under 100 bucks for years there, and now a lot of painters, a lot of trainers and gym owners are paying that much many times over. And if they're not do, if they don't have their sales dialed in, right? So if they don't have their sales system dialed in and their fulfillment dialed in and their re retention and referrals and all and, and all these different things. I think I've heard you say it before, and I, and I totally agree. He who can pay the most for a client wins, right? I mean, I think that goes back to Jay Abraham or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's very, very true. Uh, if you can afford, if if you can afford to pay five hundred bucks for a client because you know that your average cost, you know, your average client lifetime value is three thousand or whatever it is, then all day you'll spend 500 bucks all day to get clients. If I know that my average lifetime buy of a client is $3,000, well, I'll spend $500 all day long to get clients. Right. But a lot of like the boot camps and stuff, their average client lifetime value isn't even 500 bucks. Right. So, so they're hurting. And in some areas, I, I have a client who has gyms in the UK and the United States and he pays for clients in the U.S., client acquisition from Facebook, this is this is both leads and client acquisition. It's it's five hundred to a thousand percent as much for his gyms in the U.S. It's costing him than in, in the U.K. and especially in an area like where I live, where Southern California, right? I mean, there are boot camps. It, you drive down the road here, 
And literally this parking lot, there's a boot camp. This one, here's a 24-hour fitness. This next one, here's a CrossFit gym. Every parking lot, some have multiple gyms. It's just, there's tons of them, right? And a lot of them learned the Facebook thing and did great with it, but now they're hurting and they're, they're closing their gyms because that's the one thing they knew how to do was get clients from Facebook ads. And now, and they're at the mercy of the Menlo Park monster. They're at the mercy of, of Facebook because Facebook, they just did, yeah. those ad costs and lead costs are just going to keep going up more likely, right? They've gone up so much in the past few years. Well, I think that client, if his, his UK cost is going to be matching his US cost in another five years in the UK. Oh. You know, and, yeah. And so I think and the thing about this is as well, like, like you mentioned, they, they, they got some success. People got some success in a, in a snapshot of time and then kind of assume that's the way it's always going to, it's always going to be like this. Right. Yes. Um, right. And, and now we're moving to different phases, different seasons, economies and all, and, and and so this is interesting on two points because one it shows that what you what you teach the the principles you teach of marketing communication offer generation that's universal it's timeless we're still yeah, never, those, those principles we've never changed they're always been the backbone of my gyms the tactics whether it's Facebook today or Twitter tomorrow or Instagram the next day or direct mail those can chop and change the tactics but the principles you teach. They, they're, they're going to be now here in a thousand years from now. Um, and that's, that's the first thing is the, 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 the tactics of now versus the timeless principles. Um, and the other thing then is, is that I, I also think that the things we, you know, the, I, I'm so grateful, like the things I learned from you, I, did, I wasn't doing the Facebook ads um, first. I learned like the more organic endorsed uh, media SEO stuff from you because there wasn't, there really wasn't actually Facebook ads around or not available where I was. So I had to just get off my ass for two, three hours a day and go and talk to people. And then when Facebook ads came along, that was mind blowing and it definitely helped me um, triple up what I was doing. So I was grateful for it, but I never relied on it or thought, or, you know, I did I was great, grateful. I had that time in the trenches, let's say, knowing what, cause, cause now if my Facebook ads have vanished or became too expensive, it's like, no problem. We just keep doing the other stuff and we never stop doing that stuff yeah. um, in support of it. And uh, whereas again, other trainers who've come into the industry three, five years ago, they just come in and gone Facebook ads, let's go. And they're just, it's the only, like it's the only tip they've ever sucked from. And when that goes away, they have no idea what to do. So, so I think we're going to see now as this Facebook opportunity goes away, I think we're going to see a big circle back to how it, to the things that I learned from you in the early days. And I think what that stuff is going to get all more popular again, like in a cycle. I've, is that something you, you maybe agree on or have you thought about that at all? Yeah. And actually the, the principles are time is what we're talking about is psychology and human behavior. That's evergreen stuff, right? It'll work whatever platform we're doing. If we're sending thoughts to each other from our from little thing implanted in our brains, whatever we're using, right? Phones, computers, websites, social media platforms, whatever, it doesn't matter. That stuff it, it is timeless. So it's 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 critical that people learn like the basics of direct response marketing, for one. 
because those basics are going to work on whatever platform. The basics of influence, persuasion, persuasion, uh, persuasion. persuasion. Um, um, so, so, oh, it's I'm getting oh, weird. It's, I'm getting weird. Oh, oh, shit. Are you hearing that are feedback? You hearing that feedback? No, nothing here. Oh, I'm hearing my words repeated back. Anyhow, um, oh, that's better. Uh, absolutely. So I built my business the same by going out and talking to a ton of people before I ever had a website. And I agree, a lot of people, they just learned the Facebook ads because that's what a lot of big gurus taught. Some of them, they went and opened five gyms, five of these seven-figure gyms or whatever with Facebook ads, but now that's gone. And they're, they're, they're scrambling. They're going back to getting jobs. They're going back to being personal trainers. If they learn the other stuff, um, they'll be all right, right? Because platforms will change over time, but the fundamentals of direct response marketing, persuasion, influence. And what, are, what are a couple of those, what are the couple of key basics or frameworks that, that you think any, any coach, guru, expert should should, should start mastering right now? Like, is it, you know, six weapons of influence or any other little basic tenants? What, what are some of the main things they should be looking at? Well, that's a must. Everybody should read Influence Psychology Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. Um, that it's the best marketing book ever written and it's not even a marketing book, right? It's like a psychology book. Um, so everyone should have that down. I think one of the thing that I see that lacks in a lot of coaches um, and entrepreneurs who are the face of their business and personal trainers is that people don't know why they do what they do. So they think it's this person's just doing it for the money. So they're real skeptical. And it's amazing if you have a strong backstory of why you got into what you, you learn to do what you do, right? If there's a strong reason for that, a strong backstory, and I would tell that backstory in as many places as possible. I just told one version of it here on this podcast, right? It's on my about page of my website. I'll, I'll, I let people know that backstory. Um, if so, people want to know why you do what you do. And one of the best ways is to have your backstory. If you don't know how to structure it, Google the hero's journey. By it's a, it's a paradigm created by Joseph Campbell that's in all in most great stories fit into that it's the hero's journey I would look that up and I would sit here and write your story about why you got into what you you got into and keep in mind you're going to probably have all those aspects in the hero's journey if you really if you really look at it and basic overall storytelling like telling your clients stories about how how they hit this goal, telling your own story and connecting with people with on little stories from your life that people can relate to. Um, whether it's about your family dog, your family dog dying, right? It's about, it's about relationships or school or childhood or, you know, your parents, um, just little stories that people can relate to and telling those on whatever your given platform is. Like I prefer a blog. I like writing some people, some people, you know, Elliot Hulse was great on his, uh, on his YouTube channel, right? He did that. Some people use their podcasts, right? Some people use a, um, Justin Goff uses his email newsletter list, right? And that's not a huge list. It's, 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 last I heard it was under a thousand people. And this was like a month or two ago. And he was making seven figures off under a thousand people on an email list. 
because he does a lot of that cult stuff better than just about anyone around right now. Um, so t I think telling your story and admitting your flaws and vulnerabilities, not trying to be like superhuman, you, you do want to be seen as like a super character, um, as the one with all the shortcuts and secrets, but you also need to be human too. You need to be flawed. And if you can admit those flaws and vulnerabilities and your failures and the things that make you human, people will feel a much deeper bond to you. And you can do that regardless of platform. You can do it on any of these social media platforms. You can do it on your blog, your videos, on podcasts, whatever. But I think one of the biggest and one of the basic, most easy, easiest is, is to tell your backstory and tell stories and teach things in stories. Um, we tend to retain things we learn in stories a lot better. They're interesting, they're captivating. If you go to see a speaker, the best speaker is almost always the one who tells the best stories, right? People think about who is your favorite teacher back in, in school, it's probably always a storyteller, right? Someone who told great stories. And you can, you can tell stories in, in your marketing, in your content, wherever. And I think having a, a set of stories, and you don't just tell them in one place. So a lot of people, they might tell their hero's journey story, their backstory on the about page of their website, and then suddenly think everyone's seen it. Well, people haven't. So you want to get that in front of people's face as often as you can. Keep reminding them of it. Keep using aspects of it to teach different lessons. Um, that's one of the biggest. That I've, so few coaches do it. And they're very guarded about their, their, their flaws and, and um, shortcomings, uh, their character defects or vulnerabilities and mistakes they've made, the failures. And they keep that stuff very guarded because they think they have to come off as, as like perfect almost. And it's not true. People will develop a much deeper bond with you if they feel you share some common flaws and vulnerabilities. And if, when they hear you talk about your, your dog, like what some huge percent of the population are dog lovers. So when you talk about, you know, your dog, you connect with all those dog lovers. Justin Goff does something where he does some, I believe, uh, pro bono, some marketing. He's very big in his dog, uh, helping with the dog shelter, right? And he writes about that. And that does a few things. One, it connects with dog lovers, but two, he's doing something very likable, right? He's putting in service work uh, to help save for like a dog rescue, right? And that's a very likable, likable trait. So he's able to connect with people on dogs and he's, he's able to, and when he does it, he'll actually use an example of like a copy he wrote for this, for this dog rescue. So he can, he can show his copywriting chops by teaching this about this letter he wrote for dogs. He can connect with all the dog lovers. He's doing something likable, which he's he's helping to save dogs. So there's like all these different things going under the uh, going on under the surface on one simple story about a piece of copy he wrote. What we can learn from it, basically on this piece of copy for for dog rescues. Right, amazing stuff. Yeah, telling the stories and definitely agree with everyone trying to appear absolutely perfect. And that's why the whole, you know, Instagram thing has taken off where everyone can just edit oh. all their photos and Photoshop it. And I think, I think this decade is going to be a whole crashing down of that. It's going to smoke people out, I think. Um, and if they just realize that it's not a bad thing, it can be a good thing to, to show that vulnerability and, and get it out. They're going to, they're going to get that connection and engagement that they all keep, 
kind of complaining is going, you know, the organic reach is going away. It's not, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just, I think people have just stopped telling good stories and telling the truth about things. It, it, one, so I learned a lot of my original stuff from Kennedy. I still have Kennedy courses I go through on auto loop. Uh, and he talks about these things being your assets. So if you, if you're an alcoholic while you're in the midst of it, it's not, it's not an asset. Once you've conquered it, right. It's absolutely an asset because when you talk about it, anyone who's an alcoholic, who's either going through alcoholism, conquered alcoholism, has a loved one, a kid who's an alcoholic, they connect with you. Um, things become assets that we look at and we, we, we don't think they are at first. So his one example is his, um, he's been bankrupt. Okay. So when he talks about that, anybody who's a, a lot of entrepreneurs have been bankrupt. Many of the most successful entrepreneurs have been bankrupt. We take risks. Sometimes we go up and down, right? Success is, you know, it looks like this. It doesn't just look like that. Um, and he tells stories about his bankruptcy and one that helps him connect with anybody else who's a, who's gone through bankruptcy on a deeper level. It, it, it shows that he's not perfect. He's admitting this flaw. And when people admit flaws, we tend to trust them more because we think, well, holy shit, if he'll admit that, then he must be telling the truth about this other stuff over here because he'll admit that, right? I would never admit that. Most people would never admit that, but this guy has the balls to admit it. So he's, since he's admitting that this guy's got to be honest. So we, so we believe them more. They're more endearing to us. And as Kennedy talks about, if someone, if he didn't disclose it and then people find out, Oh, do you know, Kennedy was bankrupt. Like it would, it would hurt him. Right. But he's able to, he's able to use it as an asset. He brings it out there first. He frames a narrative and it becomes an asset and says something someone could pull out and hurt him with later. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, great. So, you know, on that note, what else, is there anything else you'd like, what else would you want the, the coaches, gurus, fitness pros, what do you want, what else would you want them to really know and walk away with from this today? What's like number one or number, a couple of things that you really want them to, to, to learn or to get from this? Oh shit, man. I wasn't prepared for that. Um, uh, one thing that you have, you have all the coaches in the world, like lining up at a big seven off you right now. And it's like one, one thing you just want them to know. I, I would mention a few big things. It would be the storytelling stuff for absolutely a hundred percent. Sure. It would also be learn the basics of direct response, because while you may understand Facebook ads right now, we may not be using Facebook ads in a few years, but if you understand the basics of direct response, right? Direct response marketing. Um, you'll be able to, you'll be able to prosper no matter what you do, no matter what the platform is, no matter if you get out of the coaching industry and you want to go open a damn pizza shop or, or whatever it is, you'll, once you know the fundamentals of direct response, right? You'll know how to, to thrive in whatever business you're doing. So I would definitely learn the fundamentals of direct response. And also something that blows me away is that um, enough, a lot of coaches, they don't use enough proof. Like, like, so once I discovered back in 2004 or so about the, about the importance of before and after pictures, I was on my clients about before and after pictures. Like 
I would take them regularly if I needed them to send me one and they said they're going to do it like, um, hey, you got that. I, I'd stay on it. Hey, you got that before and after picture. You got that after picture. Um, if it's testimonials, I would stay on them. I don't think enough show enough proof of what they do. So if you go um, like on my blog, what uh, there's something at chrismacombs.net or something there says what they say about Big Chris. And there are dozens from a few six-figure uh, coaches, but tons of seven-figure coaches and gym owners, a handful of eight-figure ones, and a number of nine-figure ones. So I have this huge stockpile, like 50-ish testimonials of that, that are just up on that page. I have more, but I put them up to the page load so slow. Of, of six, seven, eight, nine-figure coaches, biz owners, entrepreneurs who are the face of their business who've succeeded. And I make sure people see those, right? I think a lot of coaches don't show enough proof. There's, they prove that you know what you're doing. And proof can come, of, it can come in a lot of ways. I mean, you could show stats, you could numbers, you can, um, even you hanging out with some celebrity or someone who's an authority in the space is proof of, of you know what you do. Before and after pictures, testimonials, case studies, success stories. I think a lot of these gurus today who I see, it's not enough proof. They'll, they'll show some of the little, um, like the screenshots, like, like we all do of what someone said in a text message to us or, or in a, a uh, Facebook message, but, but that's it. They, they need to prove more that they know what they're talking about. For, and like, so last week I got a video, I was teaching a workshop at Big Mike Stramitis. His business does over a hundred million a year in cannabis. And um, I teach his team how to do all the guru stuff to, so Big Mike can keep building his empire there right? I teach his content creators and his writers how to do all the stuff that positions Mike and makes people want to give him money over and over and over. And he sent me a, uh, you know, he made a video for me about how, how much I played a role in the success of his company, uh, which is now a nine figure company. And I make sure people saw that, man. Once I got that thing, I, I'm emailing it out to people. I'm putting it up on the success stories page. I'm putting it up on my different Facebook profiles. I'm adding it to blog posts. I want people to see that shit because that's an incredible thing. Here's a guy who's doing, a, you know, 100, over 100 million a year talking about how much I've helped him. It's why I show Sam's testimonial for me everywhere. Sam doing over 100 million a year in the fitness space, right? Over 100 facilities. I make sure people see that. I make sure people see, remember recently I wanted a testimony from you and I probably, you know, stayed on you a little. I, when I, when someone gives me a yes, or they're going to give me a testimonial, I am on that motherfucker until I get it, right? I will be a pain in the ass, an OCD pain in the ass until I get it. If you got to, if you, a lot of times I'll just tell people, Hey, here's the kind of things I want you to say, or I'll kind of write a little bit of it. Can you put this in your own words? Um, or I'll show them other testimonials that are the kind of thing I want. I don't think enough show proof and just a few screenshots of some text messages or some Facebook messages, um, especially with the names, like I would, especially with the names crossed out. Right. And I understand wanting to keep people, uh, but if there's a name there, if we could see a full name, we're more likely to believe it. Right. Than if it's something crossed out, but I think not showing enough proof. So I would prove, you know, your shit everywhere you can, just like everywhere you can, you want stories, of your success. Also, here's, and this is a big one. A lot of the shit I learned from Kennedy um, uh, is that the real business that we're in, so if you're a coach, coaching people is not the real business you're in. If you want to really succeed, the business you're in is self-aggrandizement. 
It's doing everything you can to promote the hell out of yourself as the one with the shortcuts and secrets, the answers, the one people want to give you money to. If you're, if you're a copywriter, and I believe that Kennedy learned it originally from Gary Halbert, you, you are really in a self-aggrandizement business. If you're a guru like you, um, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all, if you, you do what you do, you are in the self-aggrandizement business. And you need to constantly be self-promoting and letting people know of your amazing powers and the miracles that you've done and your legends, right? Um, but you also need to balance it out. And I think that one of the best ways to, uh, there's a few really good ways to balance it out. Otherwise, you just come across like a back bragger all the time, right? So there's that fine line. You have to promote the hell out of yourself and self-aggrandize like a motherfucker. But you don't want to come across to you, you are going to rub some people wrong. You're never trying to please everybody, but your target eye. So your ideal clients, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to be seen as just a boastful, arrogant asshole, right? So some of the best ways to balance that shit out, to balance out all that self-aggrandizement, one of the best is self-deprecating humor. It's one of the most likable traits. We love people who pick on themselves, self-deprecating humor, admitting your flaws, failures, vulnerabilities, and then lifting up other people, pointing to this guy and go, look at that incredible guy. If you go back, someone to go back and listen to this podcast, they're going to hear all the, you know, the self-aggrandizement I've done in this thing. I've like, oh yeah, on, on this webpage, I have these eight and nine figure, you know, testimonials from all these people, right? And I've created this incredible thing. And I have all these people who say I've done amazing things for them. I'm self-aggrandizing like crazy, right? Um, but I'm all balancing out. I admitted that I was homeless and I lived in a fucking cell, 71 hours and 45 minutes out of every 72 hours, right? So I, I admit all this stuff to balance it out. So I think enough, I think a lot, they do the self-aggrandizement, right? We can all do more of it. A lot do the self-aggrandizement. They don't balance it out with this other shit. You know, let's admit some flaws, failures, vulnerabilities, let people learn from your, your failures, your mistakes, and um, show that you're human. Let people connect with you. So that would be some of the biggest those things. Oh, I love that as well. I think, I think that's definitely where we're at. People are too afraid to go to the extremes and not showing their vulnerabilities, not showing the self um, aggrandizement. And, then, and that's when all they're left with in the middle is five tips for this, three tips for yeah, this. Boring. Information overload. Yeah, which is okay once in a while. Yeah. But then if it's, if it's just that logical, analytical content, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's everywhere out there. And secondly, yeah, people aren't getting to know the real you and they can listen back to this podcast and, and see that, yeah, the whole story you told, it's a, it does a, uh, it's a real life, authentic masterclass right there where it's a genuine, authentic, real story. But at the same time, all those principles are in there and, and we'll, we'll, I'll link as well to, to your about page because you know, I, yeah, the, the story is written there. If they want to see that, how you've expressed it in a written format, it's right there as well. And um, yeah, that's something definitely you do. Bouncing the emotions up and down, you know, really well. The emotions are up and down with this happened and oh no. And then, oh, this is really good. I'm glad that happened. And at the same time, the, the other things you talk about. So, And um, here I'll do such. So... You, you often credit me for your success, just like Sam does and a lot of people. And I've, I was just lucky enough to point the way. I have no, I, no doubt you, AJ Mirzad, Sam Backyard, Big Mike Stramitis, all you guys would have been successful had you never found my stuff. 
you would have found someone else's stuff and you would have found the right answers because you were determined in your gut, 100%, nothing's going to fucking stop me. I'm going to make it happen. And you, it's because of that willingness in me, you went out and found guys like me to learn from and stuff like that. Um, but it's always totally within you. So while it's always an honor to hear, hey, you know, I've Chris, I'm, you know, Chris played a huge role in this, whatever. I know it's, it's you guys totally at the end of the day. Now saying this by, I'm, I just saying that I am able to self-grandize the hell out of myself, but I'm able to also lift you up in front of other people's eyes, which is likable thing when we point to the success of other people. So I'm able to do that. There's, there's, there's chances to always do a lot of different things than just what's on the surface. Like in movies, the best dialogue is not on the nose. It's what's in the subtext. It's, it's not what they're talking about. It's what they're really talking about, which is in the white space. And you can really talk about a lot of things in the white space in your stories and your marketing beyond just what people think you're talking about. The subtext and the, when you can get people to come to conclusions about you based on, based on something you said, but you didn't say. So if you're, telling people I'm this successful, they're not as much likely to believe it as if there were things you were said that led them to come to their own conclusion that you're that successful. Could be as, as simple as a guy wearing a $40,000 watch, right? But if we see that watch, we're much more likely to come to the conclusion that that's a successful man than if he tells you, hey, you know what? I made $8 million last year. We're thinking bullshit. He's trying to convince me he's successful, but we come to the conclusion that he's successful on our own. We're, much, we're able to, we believe it a lot amazing yeah so um i was gonna say something but i forgot but um i'm proud yeah. of you bro I'm, I'm really proud of you it's and you were the first person when my wife um she thought she might want to do a fitness business so we tried it and, and and uh she realized that the whole reason she started the fitness business was so she could appreciate being a stay-at-home mom more which she loves she's been a stay-at-home mom this whole time um uh, but we started a fitness business and at, at it, the first month was rougher than I thought, but then we got her a bunch of clients and she's like, Oh shit, I just want to hang out with the kids all day. <laughs> I don't want to do this. So, um, but you were the first person we went to, I go, let's go to a bunch of my old clients. They're teaching this shit and see what's working now in the trenches in, in 2019, 2020. And you were like the first dude, man. And I appreciate the time you spent with her and you helped make a lot of, uh, of things clear with her. And I went back to a whole bunch of Facebook courses to catch up on Facebook. I'd had success in Facebook back in 2012, but that's very different than 2019, right? And um, I went through a lot of courses, but the first one that I learned a lot of the info from before going on these other courses was yours. Your, your course, you had a course. What's the name of that course? Uh, that's our um, four-week lead generation system. Yeah, in there you had a video by Mike. What's that guy's name? Mike Yonda. Yeah, and it was a great little one-hour, like if you want a great one-hour crash course on the basics of succeeding on Facebook, it was fantastic, <laughs> and it was included in 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 uh, your course. So that really, you know, helped get me back on track with what's working right now. In uh, so I can't recommend your stuff enough, man. Brilliant, man. Thanks, man. We're always uh, doing our best and improving and, and we're running multiple facilities still. So we're just doing it in the trenches and then just showing what, you know, what's working right now and, uh, and ticking along. But uh, yeah, it's been awesome, man. I can't wait to see where you go from here because the world and the coaching industry, you know, I think uh, it needs more truth. People need to start 
telling the truth, showing up as themselves, telling more stories. And um, that's how they're going to connect and break through all the noise and all the saturation. Yeah. Um, and when they apply this stuff to those tactics, you know, you learn these storytelling elements and you put that in a Facebook ad or you, you know, you come up with any of these principles you've talked about and you put that in an Instagram post, it ain't going to matter that your photo isn't, isn't, hasn't got the perfect fucking colors or, um, you haven't got it. You won't have to be an amazing Facebook tactical expert. When you put these principles in, it's going to do, it's going to do 99% of the hard work and the lifting to make those spokes in the wheel work anyway. And, and when, so people kind of flip the script, I think, and learn this stuff first and then apply it sprayed across those tactics. It's, you know, they're going to see they can use this anywhere. Like you're shown in a podcast, in a blog post, talking to someone out in the street to get clients, which, which you did and which I did. To this day, I still do that. You know, with our local boot camp, I, I, it's like a funny um, reflex. I think I picked up from doing uh, your kind of human billboard back in the day. And I'll, I'll see a, a woman, a, a mom with like two kids. And I just have this reaction where it's like, I should talk to her. <laughs> and I, I just kind of have to go like, oh, hey, I see you. You know, I just see you there with your two kids. Sorry to bother you. Um, you know, I run a boot camp. We have a lot of busy moms and that. I'm, maybe you've got a gym pass somewhere. Um, but if not, or if you're looking to try something else, I'd love to offer you a two-week free pass. Would you be cool with that? And you know what? Like, no one has ever thrown water in my face or blown a rape whistle or anything like that. I've blown they, a rape whistle. <laughs> they just they either, like, I'm at a gym. I'm pretty if happy. You look but like me, they might blow the rape whistle, but you're a lot, yeah. you're, you're, you're a lot sexier fella, so. <laughs> but they just say, like, no thanks. I've got somewhere, but thank you so much. Or they say, sure, that sounds good. Can my friend get one too? And that's just literally like strolling through a Starbucks. And so, because I know that's the, those kind of strategies, I, I, I know um, the direct response and the storytelling, and all this, I know I have certainty. If Facebook can, Facebook can be gone tomorrow, it, it, I wouldn't freak out. It does not matter what platforms and, and technology comes and goes. We know we're going to be okay because we're just implementing this stuff you've been talking about. And I think for an entrepreneur, that's that internal certainty, I think, that really lets you sleep well at night and, and do your best business. Um, you, you know, like the marketing is, it's down, it's done. It's not going anywhere. Yep. The 10% will change, but the 90% stays the same. And so I, I really hope more people, um, take this stuff on board, uh, and learn it and find out more about you. And, uh, what should, what I would be mindful of your time right now. So if, you know, if someone wants to learn more, they want to get more into these principles or working with you or just learning more of your, seeing more of your, your amazing blog posts or crazy stories. Uh, where are some places people should, should check out right now? Uh, the best, the, the, the absolute best is, is go to chrismacombs.net. That's M-C-C-O-M-B-S, chrismacombs.net. And then opt in. You can see opt-ins all over that fucking blog. Subscribe. And that's the best way. I have another blog that's more fitness industry specific. Um, uh, and that one is kickbacklife.com, kickbacklife.com. Um, that one is more for fitness. The, I put higher quality content on Chris McCombs and I, I'll read stuff more to make sure there's less errors. Like sometimes on kickback life, 
I'll just give things a second pass. I won't redo them three or four times to make sure. Um, but it's very specific to the fitness industry. Chris McCombs is for anyone who's an entrepreneur who's the face of their business and who wants to build a cult of, of devout clients who pay them over and over and over for years to come. Um, that's chrismccombs.net and kickbacklife.com is the other one, which teach, I teach a lot of the same stuff to the fitness industry. The best thing they could do is go to those two websites and opt in on both those lists so they get both because if someone just opts in on Chris McCombs, they might not get the, some of the fitness stuff I sent. So if they're on both lists, they're good to go. So I would do, and you're going to, you'll probably have those links somewhere. I imagine. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll link the shit out of that. Don't worry. And um, I'm going to link to your about page as well. So they can go and read your oh. story there too. And I'll definitely link to the, 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 uh, what they say about Chris McCombs as well. Cause I want, cause you know, I'm, I'm, I, de you know, I definitely, definitely opt into the emails cause I learn from, you know, I learn from the content you put in your emails, but I look between the lines and, I, and I'm thinking like, that's so good how he's done that. Um, you made it, you did something the other day, you put a post on Facebook asking for opinions on something. I think it was like, uh, what did you love you, about my blog? If you were a follower of my blog, what'd you love about my blog? Or was it something like that? No, it was the one when you asked about like, Hey, what's a good way to handle the sales objection? And then about 200 people like, uh, put how they handle an objection. And then yeah. I think you turned it into a blog post that was just written by 200 other people for you. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a bunch I want to put up where I ask these questions and I got tons of trainers and gym owners, very, most very successful, by the way, all on there telling me what works. And I'm going to screenshot those and put those up on um, so there's like 200 ways to answer an objection, a blog yeah. post, which basically was one line of text from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's 200 other, other trainers telling you how to handle the rejection. So, so you yeah. know, I learned like like that. Um, telling stories in your testimonials is very powerful as well. Not just putting a before and after picture with no context, but like, you know, how to put like how this person went from A to Z, what things they overcame. Oh, those um, five. I, I'll list those five things real quick. Um, the, the, the best testimonials and all mine don't have this, but often the best testimonials do. Let me see if I can remember. I've been teaching this one for, for years. Okay. So it's like, what was your life like before, uh, before finding, you know, personal trainer, Justin Devonshire, let's say this when you're a personal trainer, what was your life like before finding him? What were you skeptical about when you, when you joined with him, how did that alleviate your skepticism? What specific result did you achieve? And what's your life like now? So it's like, what was your life like? What were you skeptical about? How did you, how did you overcome that skepticism after you got started or joined? What specific result did you achieve? And what's your life like now? So before coming to Justin, I was a mess. I was 40 pounds overweight. I hadn't been on a date in years. I was so miserable. I had no energy. I was skeptical. I saw an ad for Justin's personal training program, but I was skeptical because I'd gone to other trainers before. And, you know, one guy had me eating like nothing but fish and that I just couldn't stick with that. And another guy, he didn't give a shit about me. I could tell all he wanted was the money. But when I started with Justin, I could tell, man, this guy really fucking cared about me. And he put me on a, on a nutrition program I could live with, that I could stick with. And um, I'm happy to say that I've lost 33 and a half pounds in eight weeks and today i've got multiple women swiping right on my tinder profile i'm going all kinds of dates there's one girl i think i want to marry don't tell her though she doesn't know yet but uh things are really good justin changed my life um 
that. You see, that just worked in all those questions. Now, you don't want them to repeat the questions. Like if, if, let's say you have them do it when they're filming, they don't repeat. Okay, so what was I skeptical about? Like you don't want them to ask those questions, but you want them to answer the fucking questions. Those are some of the best testimonials. Um, I think I learned that from probably John Carlton back about 15 years ago, and it's, it's worked for me well ever since. It's a great template for getting to, you don't want, hey, yeah, Justin's great, he's a nice guy. Um, yeah, you should definitely, he's the best. You should definitely, definitely hire him. Yeah, he's going to do a good job. He's the best. You don't want that kind of shit, but to be amazed at how many testimonials are closer to that than the one I just did. Brilliant, man. More epic value right there. We'll definitely, I'm going to put timestamps through this as well so you can go, everyone can go back and get all this good value. Well, oh, here, here's uh -huh. something else. Get people to sell themselves, man. So the other day I was, I was, um, proposing something to, to, to a proposal for teaching their team uh, some of this guru stuff, right? But right before it, I also wanted a testimonial. So I said, hey, will you give me a testimonial? Dude gives me a killer fucking video testimonial. And then I pitched the thing. Right after he just sold himself like a mother, he sold, he sold himself on me in that testimonial reaffirming all the great stuff. Now I joked about it. I said, the timing is brilliant, huh? I just had you give a testimonial talking about how fucking I'm the greatest thing ever, right? And my stuff has helped so much, which sets up this perfectly because let me tell you what you need. Let me, let me you know. That's like before Man. a lot, I would tell people like, uh, hey, tell me how much having, the, I'm going to give away one copy of this 2000 R course. So tell me how much your life would be changed by using this course. Tell me what your life would look like after you use this course. We're going to do a contest. So you got all these people, hundreds of people coming on, giving comments about selling themselves on the course. Only one person is going to win, right? But they're all on there. Oh, my life's going to be so great. I'm going to have this and this and that and this. And they're fucking selling themselves on the course like crazy. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. That worked great for me on some, on some launches. Amazing. Some great ideas there. I want to try some of those out now. <laughs> <laughs> great it's stuff, fun. Well, it's so much fun, man. Well, I'm going to let you uh, get on with your day. Yeah. You've got a busy day in bed. Uh, this has been amazing. I know you can you could just keep giving more and more value. Uh, it's totally awesome. But I want to thank you again for coming on, sharing all that. And, and thank you for everything in my life you've done as well. And um, it's just so good to reconnect and catch up again. It, it's great seeing what you're doing, man. When a lot of people are just teaching one thing, you're teaching all kinds of great stuff. So I love it. All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks so much again. And, all right, brother. Uh, again very soon. Proud of you. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Chris. See you soon.